um, what we thought we'd chat about today is what Beck's job is in speech and language and what a speech and language therapist actually does and why they're related to early years as well and, and why it really matters in early years to know about speech and language therapists. So over to you Bex, you want to tell me a little bit about what you do? Okay, so speech and language therapists, we train, at the moment it's, you, you have to go to university and study a degree to be a speech and language therapist. My degree was in uh, speech and language therapy itself and you train uh, for three, four years and you are then qualified to work with adults and children and some people would choose to specialise, which is what I've done. I've gone the paediatric route working with children. Um, but really, the the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists, so the RCSLT, they have a website. Um, if you Google it, you'll find that. And they will tell you that our role is, is to provide life-improving treatment. So what we're looking at is supporting adults and children with communication difficulties um, and trying to find ways to improve the situation for them. Um, so we're, often we're not seeking perfection, we're just seeking change and, and developing what's functional communication. So providing adults and children with skills that they can use to get their needs met. I think that's probably like in a really sort of in, in a, a nutshell in a, that's what we're doing. We do also work with adults and children with feeding and swallowing difficulties, and that's quite a specialist field. Um, so, really in, I work in early years and children with cleft palate. I was just thinking that in early years, I just tapping back into what you said about it's not it's not about perfection really. Mm-hmm. So, and it's about. Do you think sometimes it's about us trusting in early years that we probably know what we're doing a little bit? Because you always mm-hmm. say, don't you? You can't therap a child. You don't no, go in and you don't. The days Absolutely. are gone, aren't they, of actually going in and just telling people what to do. You work together with us, don't you? You know. Oh, it's massively about collaboration. And, and first of all, parents are the expert in their own child. I will always maintain that. Um, and then early years, you know, you are, sometimes you are with that child more than their family are. So you and the parents together are experts. And you are also experts in play and development. So uh, the way I work with, with my early years colleagues is that, you know, I rely on you so much for information and your observations. Again, you're so skilled at making observations. It's something you do every day. I rely on that information and your knowledge and understanding of a child to inform my my assessment. Again, in early years, we have moved very much away from taking a child out and doing a formal assessment. Sometimes, sometimes that is necessary, and I do see children um, with their parents or with a key person, and I will have an assessment with me. It's, it's it's based on you know using toys, and sometimes we do need to do that. But the majority of the time, it's based on observation and it's looking at what is difficult for that child. So, again, knowing that a child is a year delayed in their speech, how useful is that? You know, it's like well. They might not be able to say those sounds, but actually what I need to know is what does it mean for that child? What can't they do because of their difficulty and how can we make that better for them? Okay, so it's knowing, it's really for us doing our job that we do every day is understanding, knowing. So when you're talking about observations, it's not like sort of particularly written observations. It's how much you observe that child and how much you know. Oh, and, yeah. and what is the difference for that child? Like you're saying, like what, what difficulty is that child finding probably in their social and emotional life and how is it going to make a difference to them in their life if they don't get the help now and that absolutely it's and i i will i always say to to my colleagues in earlier is tell me about the impact because again it you might say oh this child's um not saying sentences they're just saying single words and i'm like okay um, so what what does that then stop that child doing? Why is that making their life more difficult? Because that's what we really need to understand because it's not really about having a checklist saying, right, okay, well, then I want that child to have 50, 50 words, please. Sometimes 
yes, we do need to increase vocabulary and that will be a target, but it's like, why? And, and what words matter? And it's knowing, okay, that well, that child really loves playing outside in the garden. They love playing with the dinosaurs. Okay, so let's think of words that will mean something to that child because we know that you will learn more about something that matters to you. So, so no you... point trying to teach a child a load of words that, that he's not going to use. It's thinking, and that's where you guys come in because you know these children so well. So you can say, okay, he really loves this. He's interested in that. He's, his preferences are these things. And I'm like, right, okay, so let's target the vocabulary around what he wants to play with. So it's like, what, what is that, again, set like in the moment planning and understanding children. Mm-hmm. So what is that child's key motivator? What motivates that child? Absolutely. And and what is probably, and this is something we work with together, isn't it, with speech and language and early years. This is something we, we managed to embed um, looking at their schemas. And I know you take that into your practice now, don't you? Yeah, and just, totally. And again, that's something I knew nothing about. It didn't come up in my training at all. It's only since working with you and my earliest colleagues that I've started to understand schemas. And absolutely, I talk to parents all the time about that now because, again, I think if we just think what, what like you said, it's all about motivation. What motivates that child? Because if we know that, then we'll find words that will really matter to them. So schemas, understanding schemas is hugely important and links with language brilliantly, absolutely. And on, on that note, thinking about... Um, target setting and how we then support children when speech and language therapists are involved again we do all work different we're all t- autonomous practitioners but I'm a big believer in that we can and should make targets meaningful for that child definitely yeah what we want them to be achieving but again if, if we're looking at vocabulary having a list of you know we want that child saying 50 words okay that's fine we don't need to sit down and show them pictures and show them toy after toy what we need to do is is teach our language in through play through what interests that child and you can do that as, as tuned in practitioners when you're sitting alongside ch- a child following their lead that's when you add in that vocabulary and you repeat 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 but it, it's very natural and it's very play-based and it makes it more i think it makes it more achievable for the practitioners as well because you're not you're just doing what you're good at and we always well we we tend to follow and we tend to comment and we always say about sort of you know i don't know if anybody remembers ecat and it's a great it was a great way forward but basically if you look at your hand you've got um you know if you look at think four comments and one question so your thumbs the question and four you know four comments to so the more we comment so i would think the way that sort of when I work with Bex, you know, if we've got children that are in our massive puddle outside, they're always making a puddle because they turn on the outdoor tap and jump up and down. It was so, so I could say, oh, it's a puddle. Or again, I could describe, which would, which would be that next. So we always talk about bronze level, silver level, gold, gold levels. Looking at where that child is, I'm always sort of commenting. Even if, if I go through a puddle, you I see some other children out going in the puddle, I, I'll be like, oh, splish, splash, blush, and describe what's happening and understand. You know. And so if a child loves water, that's a great way to get it in. And whatever, you know, we've got vehicles and ramps that go down into those. And, you know, we're always commenting. We're like, wee, down it goes. And just having those comments and it seems really natural and really simple yeah. but actually it is key want, isn't, isn't it, it? yeah what we want children to learn to communicate in a very natural way which is again why earlier settings are just brilliant resources for, for me as a speech therapist i'm like brilliant that child's going to nursery now awesome because it you know language rich environment learning language in a natural way and yes children do still come and see me one-to-one but it's a very different experience for that child coming to see a speech therapist 
and sitting and playing in, in a clinic room versus playing in a natural environment with other children and, and like I said, tuned in practitioners. So yeah, I think I think it's I think at difficult times. I think we know that over the recent last sort of last few years with austerity, it's been very difficult to access. Yeah, we yeah we do need to discuss that, don't we? Yeah, yeah it has been that, difficult. It's obviously, I'm still an NHS practitioner, and I'm, I'm very passionate about that. But it, it is frustrating on both sides. We're frustrated that we can't see the children we want to see, and it's frustrating when you're asking for help and referrals are being sort of turned turned away and back onto you. So, you know, we as speech therapists, we rely very heavily on you guys to to do a lot of the stuff that we can't do anymore. So I do, I am aware that there is a, a sort of a burden that comes with that. Um, and so it's making sure that you, you have got the knowledge and the skills, but mostly that you've got the confidence that, you know, you are that child's best resource, just talking to that child. Like you were saying, Becky, commenting, making language and communication fun, that's an amazing resource. You, you know, you don't need to be investing in these big programs and packages of care. You know, it, it doesn't hurt to brush up your CPD and just remind yourselves of what you know. Um, but actually, yeah, those the general strategies for communication, um, rich environments you know please do shout us we are struggling to communicate course we're just coming online so look out for that one um some of you may have already been on that course it was a it was a really popular course um and that it, just we, we looked at so many practical elements of what we can actually do in practice and with the support mm -hmm. of you and also what we're actually doing already which is going to make you know such a difference i mean we always say don't we for for us like outdoor play free flow we yeah. we have a total children can choose to be inside outside you know, we go. We can go down to forest school, or we can. Go, we're, we're fortunate, and that's the way we have our practice. But actually, we know that there will be 70, 77 percent more utterances outside. So, yeah. really, for for us, and it's how it's worked when um, Bex comes to our setting. So she always comes wrapped up, whatever the weather, with your wellies you. on, or whatever. <laughs> and then, and we go. We're outside an awful lot because actually, you find your. You know, if you walk through the woods, and like we say, normally we're recording this. At the end of um, the garden but actually the builders are still in there at the moment I say builders I mean my husband sorting it all out <laughs> but yeah so you know once we're back in there the sound in there you know we can listen better we can understand things that you just hear naturally makes such a difference to children it? and those you can comment really naturally and understand that so so yeah the struggling to communicate really helped us and that, that was a that was a brilliant course and we've actually um, got a book on that as well haven't we so all those things are on or will be coming on the website so that's www.thrivinglanguage.co.uk and the, the other thing to say is that our email which is rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk we're both available anytime to support you or to answer any questions or concerns if it's child related as long as it's anonymous you know we can give you advice and signposting give you some strategies to get you on the way with things um so please just do you know do always ask that's brilliant. Okay. All right. Love you. Think to, to chat to you there. It's nice for that. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.